Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. Now, hopefully, if all goes to plan, you'll be hearing this on a Friday, so happy Friday, boys and girls, and welcome to our guests for this, I want to say special episode, it's kind of a special episode because uh, for two reasons, one is that we are welcoming our very first ever returning guest to VUX World founder and chief executive of uh, voice xp bob stolzberg bob welcome back wow thank you so much it's great to be back kane i hope to add a lot of value to your listeners it is a pleasure to have you back because uh yeah as i say very first uh, returning guest on the podcast which is absolutely amazing and we also have a fellow voice expert and founder and principal of voicecraft.ai roger kibby roger welcome Thanks so much. Uh, I'm excited to be on the podcast and and uh, offer some value and, and talk about talk today. And as ever, we are joined by Dustin Coates. Hello there, Dustin. Hey, Kane. It's a pleasure. And I, I want to say Roger's not just a voice expert, but uh, on the theme of today's podcast, he's a voice winner as well, voice champion with uh, the Bixby Showcase. So congratulations, Robert. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Roger. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. Samsung had a, a, a contest for Beck's best uh, Bixby capsule, uh, and the finals were at the uh, Samsung Developers Conference last week. Uh, and indeed, I did. I did win. So, looking forward to uh, talking about Bixby today. Indeed, and that is what we are going to discuss. And afterwards, we're going to all be going for a drink because uh, Roger's prize for that was about ten thousand dollars, wasn't it? <laughs> it was indeed. It was indeed. So I guess I owe a lot of drinks. <laughs> and one for each listener. So we're not left after that. How many listeners do you have and where are we oh, buying the drinks? Well, well, that's all to be decided beyond the uh, beyond the show. I think that we've got well, we've got an international audience, so we might have to do this kind of remotely, but uh yeah, congratulations on uh, on that. And with everything that you've been doing with Voicecraft, we've got to mention Voicecraft there actually by the way, and we might get into a little bit of that um as we go through. Uh, and Roger, you touched on what we'll be talking about today, which is Bixby. So Bixby have opened up their developer portal and there's been a huge kind of swathe of content over the course of the week, all talking about Bixby and, and you know, what it all is and, and what it means for the voice scene and, and for developers and designers and, and brands and things like that. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And today I will hand over the reins to Dustin, who will take it from here. So over to you, Dustin. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We're going to get a little technical in, in this podcast, but don't worry if you're not a developer. Uh, Kane also comes from the non-developer side of it, so Kane, pull us back if we, if we get a little <laughs> bit too in the weeds for sure. Uh, but thanks, guys. You both uh, were active in the Bixby beta program, obviously, Roger, with, with winning the whole thing. Roger, can you tell us actually what you built? Yeah, uh, so my capsule was called What Bin. Um, and it's really about letting people uh, recycle and compost better. I think we've all had the experience where you have something in hand, you go, and there's a compost bin, a recycle bin, and a trash bin. And it's, you know, kind of a little bit of panic sits in. What do I put it in? Right? You probably put too much in the trash and not the right things in the recycle or compost bin. So in one sense, very simple. Simply ask Bixby, can I recycle this? Can I compost? Can I trash this or what bin? There's also some educational uh, content about the value of recycling, composting, and some information about alternative ways to uh, 
recycle items that otherwise you couldn't put curbside. But yeah, it's 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 a simple thing that I think is a really voice first solution that makes a ton of sense for voice. And so for those people who haven't used Bixby before, what does the user flow look like compared to a Google Assistant or a Siri on the phone there? Yeah, so, I mean, and we'll probably get into this a little bit more, um, but one thing that's unique about Bixby is uh, that there's no, uh, there's no invocation word. So with Google uh, and Amazon, you have to say open, you know, skill or action of your choice, uh, or ask skill or action of your choice. With Bixby, you just use your phrase and it act, and, and it and it answers. So it's just like a, a a native capability that Samsung would build in. That's really interesting. I think that's going to be super challenging to get working and mediate among different capsules. But it fundamentally means um, you just go and ask you you write your your capsule, you write a phrase, and then you just invoke Bixby. Um, which you can do, you can, you can say, hi, Bixby on the phone. Um, there's a little button. There's a dedicated button on the, the Note 9 uh, there. Um, and and ask it your question right away. So that, that's a fundamental difference. But I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the interaction is, is pretty similar, right? I mean, it's a voice assistant. You're asking a question, and, you know, there's a back and forth until you get your right answer. And so to invoke your, your capsule, how would – someone speak to Bixby in that case. So um, so right now, Bixby, or the Bixby we're talking about, which is the new Bixby, there's an old Bixby too, but uh, we, maybe we'll get into that. Um, it's only on the Note 9. And so on the Note 9, I can turn on, just like I can turn on on an Android phone, hey, Google. Um, there's the equivalent phrase, which is hi, Bixby, and then, and then, uh, and then interact with it. Um, there's also a dedicated button on the side um, that when you press it, uh, Bixby starts learning. Now this is going to get, and we'll get probably talk a little bit more about the plethora of devices and the hundreds of millions of devices that Samsung ships yearly, which they intend to embed Bixby into. Um, obviously they're going to have to figure out how the, how, how that works. Is it going to be high Bixby for all those? Is it going to be a button? Is there another way to, to uh, invoke it? And Bob, you built something as well, right? What did you build for the beta? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Voice XP is an experienced um, development agency and platform in creating voice experiences. And we've done things with Alexa and Google Assistant. And uh, we work with enterprise businesses. And so Samsung invited us to be part of the early adopter program. Uh, and we created two capsules. One of them was a game for families to encourage uh, communication and you know it asks questions and facilitates conversation and the other capsule was what we call a voice website and that's where you could ask for information about a specific company and the capsule we put up was about voice xp so you could say tell me about the customers tell me about the company the leadership team why would i need a voice website or a voice experience and how do i contact them so it's a new way to engage using voice first and we're really proud of the development that we uh put up great and i know speaking with the two of you earlier preparing for this podcast bob you're uh, i think actually the both of you are pretty bullish on on bixby you work with a lot of brands. Why should they care about Bixby? Samsung often is an uh, afterthought, and it seems without the invocation names that branding might be difficult. What's in it for brands to be on the platform? 
Well, I think brands should look at the voice platforms the same way they do social media platforms in that you need to have a presence on the Instagrams, Facebooks, Twitters, etc. The same way you would need to have a presence on Alexa, Google Assistant or Bixby. Why Bixby is different, I believe, is because of their uh, hardware footprint and their OEM provider partnerships that are going to extend uh, voice beyond a personal uh, assistant device. You know, that's how Amazon's really led the market so far is by getting market penetration with the Echo line of products. And, you know, the next evolution of voice is ubiquitous and talking to things like your washing machine, toaster oven, you know, your shower head, etc. All these different devices. Um, and Samsung's going to be in a, a position unlike Alexa, Amazon, or Google to get people talking. And it's brands and businesses just need to be in all of these different places to meet the consumer where they are and play with the personal assistant or in, or in Samsung Bixby's case, the intelligent assistant, uh, you need to be in all those places. Can I, can I just add on? And I, I strongly share with, with Bob the idea that brands need to be jumping onto voice right now and understanding how it's going to work and how they're going to interact with their customers and what's the right voice presence versus your mobile presence versus your app presence versus your web presence, et cetera. Um, I, I also think it's really a powerful point of the kind of post-smart speaker role. See, Samsung's going to be embedding these in all these device, in all these appliances that you have at home. That takes it away from the smart speaker, and I think it's going to introduce a whole new set of new audience to voice assistants, and that's going to be powerful and interesting, and going to bring the industry forward. What about you? Would you ever speak to your showerhead? <laughs> I probably would actually because there's something wrong with my shower at the moment and I can't get it to cool down it's just absolutely boiling hot so maybe as I would to try and cool it down <laughs> but I think that um, what I'll be interested in, in, in knowing is because obviously Android phones they've got their well Samsung run on Android don't they although Samsung phones run Android so there's kind of maybe there's a little bit of competition with Google Assistant potentially but but so I don't know whether or not we want to get into that or not but what about the general adoption in general of Bixby so obviously they've got loads of devices all over the place what do you see or how do you see the adoption of Bixby playing out given the the kind of market share and kind of top of mind dominance of the other two particularly Alexa and, uh, and Google Assistant. Um, go first, Roger? Okay, yeah, I'll take it and then please, please add on and, and expand. Um, so I'm going to 500 million devices. That's how many devices Samsung ships yearly. Uh, and most, if not all of those are going to be Bixby enabled by 2020 or that's their ambitious plans. I mean, that's, that's stupendous. And you look at the market share, you think about smart TVs. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but Samsung is number one. And they eclipse something like the number two through six in total sales. Uh, and so it's just the, the sheer amount of devices that they can put this on means they can go from relatively, and I wouldn't say small market share because they're on all the Samsung phones, although not the latest Bixby, to this kind of massive market share. And that's a huge, huge opportunity there um, that you just you, you can't afford to ignore 
They're going to go from, you know, they can press the accelerator as fast or faster than anyone else in the industry because of their just sheer magnitude of, of devices shipped. Yeah, I'll, I'll add that it's also global. You know, they're uh, predominantly in the Asia Pacific regions, but they ship so many devices and their OEM partnerships where, you know, people w- will take a Samsung electronic device and put their brand or logo on it is massive. And I just believe, like Roger does, that with the global footprint, the mobile phone segment that they're after um, is huge. We saw a recent report from voicebot.ai that said that voice personal assistant usages on smartphones is only dramatically increasing. And so I think, you know, Samsung's just in a really good position with their partnerships to roll this out. And I think them coming into the market now is really good timing. And it also makes me feel that it's still early. What excites me about Samsung that's different than Amazon is the fact that you'll be able to integrate so many devices in your house uh, because smart home adoption is, is growing like wildfire as well. And you'll be able to set these neat routines that, you know, might, if you say good morning, it will start your shower, turn it to a specific temperature degree, start your coffee, you know, and then tune in on your favorite audio stream, you know, while you're getting ready. Uh, So I'm excited about the possibilities that Bixby brings with the integrations. Can I, can I just add on that? I think it's, it's worth mentioning that Samsung owns another division called SmartThings, which is a home automation hub. And so, uh, you know, what you're talking about, that good morning routine would tie directly into not only Bixby, but using SmartThings as a, as a mediator among all those different disparate uh, devices. You know, we, we talked about appliances, and I think there's something super exciting. You were making the joke about your shower head, but think of the kitchen. I actually think the kitchen is such an amazing untapped place for, for voice. I know Amazon's coming out with their, their microwave that's voice controlled, which I'm pretty actually excited about because it's showing the future of how it should be. I should go, I love to cook. I should be able to go into the kitchen, ask for a recipe, and it, you know the oven knows that it needs to go to 400 degrees. And you know what? When I stick it, when I open the door and close it, set a timer for 20 minutes and do that or my microwave or any of my other appliances. And really, you know, Hey, the biggest cooking day of the year is coming up uh, next Thursday, right? Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, it's a big challenge for people. Imagine if you have this really smart assistant in there helping you along the way, setting things, uh, proactively setting timers, uh, telling you when, when to do what, that would be super amazing. That's like having a, like a, 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 an assistant sous chef in the kitchen. So I, I love the use case of voice in the kitchen. Yeah, and you you both bring up – oh, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Bob. You gave me the idea. What if you could download a, a voice experience that's uh, Gordon Ramsay walking <laughs> you through how to cook something in your kitchen, and he's yelling at you, and it's, and it's fun, you know? Awesome personality. Uh, so you guys both touch on something really interesting, uh, which is sort of Samsung's integration with everything that you're uh, working with in the home, with the phone, uh, with TVs, etc. And 
the podcast listener and friend of the podcast, James Poulter, asked this question to us as well, which is what is Samsung's perspective on this interoperability? Do they provide developer tools to, to reach into smart things to control the phone as well? Is that something that they allow third-party developers to leverage? Yeah, it's super easy to get started. And for more information, just visit BixbyDevelopers.com. Uh, I believe Samsung wants to, uh, you know, every business to integrate Bixby into their product line. Uh, so they make it, you know, the tools, the code, the documentation, uh, the support contacts, everything's available through BixbyDevelopers.com. Um, what's what's really, you know, different is that Bixby comes with a software suite, an IDE to program everything. So some developers who are used to IDEs will find working with it really simple. Um, Roger, do you have anything to add about integrations with other yeah, things? With and- Android and, and as well. So clearly smart things. I, I, I think they're early, right? So this question came up at their developers conference about, you know, tying all these, these, these together. Um, they definitely want to do that. Right. And, and, and for sure they're going to do it with smart things. Um, and be able to control Android. I think there was another question somewhere about uh, NFC, which I thought was that was a fascinating question mm-hmm. around can I integrate a voice assistant with NFC capabilities? And my mind went off on uh, on, on kind of crazy and wild ideas of what you could do there. Um, not all that's available yet, but I'm sure it's going to happen. As far as you know, interact interoperability with things like the other assistants, Google assistants, I'm going to make a crazy, wild, bold prediction and probably be proven wrong that the plethora of voice assistants is kind of going to get out of control and we're going to come to some more common lingua franca that's going to make it easier to develop capabilities that work across all these voice assistants or the voice assistants know how to mediate between each other and who to ask the right question for we're probably a ways off there, but I just think the marketplace is going to demand that because it's just too hard to uh, to build for all these competing platforms. So more more of a web-like open platform for voice. So that's my bold, crazy, wacky prediction of the day. <laughs> Great. Um, I'll, I'll want to quickly add one of the other finalists in the Bixby Developer Showcase for their Samsung Developer Conference was a really cool capsule that allowed you to bring up a live camera stream. And this was just an off-the-shelf camera that had a standard video stream that a developer wrote, uh, you know, like a some Java code to simply reach into that stream and display it on a Samsung phone, you know, in real time. So the integrations are pretty simple. You can just work with stuff that's off the shelf, clearly documented. Um, There's nothing proprietary about it. And I think that gives people a lot of cool flexibility to tie into their existing technology and solutions to access them through Bixby. Great. And Bob, you mentioned something earlier I want to go back to. This is a question that comes up a lot, and Sam Warner's uh, brought this, uh, asked us to ask this as well, is that the designing for Bixby takes a little getting used to because there's a different philosophy. You mentioned you have to use the Bixby IDE, and there's other differences as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's designing for a different philosophy, uh, it's just a different way of doing stuff. Um, you know, if you work with Alexa, there's different 
portals that you'll have to log into. There's different ways to publish this stuff. Maybe you'll need different services. Uh, with Bixby, it feels like it's all built in. And what I mean by that is they've got a, a software suite you run and an IDE, and that's where you go to uh, load templates, put your code in there. It's got a testing suite built in so that you can, you know, see how things are going to look on the variety of Samsung devices. Um, and from there, you can publish it and, you know, to the, to a, you can publish your capsule to the marketplace and get things live. Um, I think what the philosophy that's different is in the natural language processing and how that is implemented within Bixby. Um, I don't think it was difficult to do at all. You just, you know, we read, I read the documentation. I followed some examples, uh, but it was just different than um, how you would write something for an Alexa skill. I'd also say that the code base, it feels like it's, it's much, uh, you've got much more reusability possibilities with Bixby because if you've already got some stuff written, it's pretty easy to, to implement it. You don't, you shouldn't have to write anything new. And sometimes I've had to, um, to, for logic with Google assistant or putting something in, a, in an Alexa Lambda function. Um, I don't think it, there's a, I would just say it's, there's always a learning curve for any new technology Getting our feet wet with Bixby only took a day or two, and we were off to the races. You know, it was, it was a matter of just using the IDE, going to Bixby developers, and connecting with some other great resources like Roger on Slack and Twitter to that one to share. When you say IDE, that's been mentioned a few times. For those that aren't kind of uh, developers and stuff amongst the listeners, what, what does IDE mean? Um, so it's a it's an integrated development environment. So there's a whole instead of uh, it's a download. So unlike uh, uh, Alexa and Google, where you're basically building in the cloud or, or using your programmer's editor of choice locally, there's a whole programmer's editor and suite that that you use to build build for uh, Bixby. Can I can I expand a little bit on Bob's Bob's uh, comment? And so Bixby is very. Um, so very model-driven versus code-driven. Um, and if I, if I look at the voice assistants and I built for, for both Google and, and Amazon, uh, Amazon, Alexa is very code-driven. You write a lot of code. Most of what you do is, is, is controlled by that code. Um, you know, Google is somewhere in the middle because I go in Dialogflow and I set up a bunch of configuration and, and then write probably a little less code. Bixby is on that kind of far right where I write a lot more, there's a lot more model. So it's a really model-driven framework. I model these objects. I model these actions. I glue them together with this modeling uh, meta language. And then I end up writing very little code, actually. And so it's a really different philosophical framework. Um, and I think it's one of the places where people coming from the other voice assistants uh, get a little tangled up. Certainly I did. Because I, I had to sit and go, well, I just want to write this in code, right? That's the way I'm used to doing it. And it's like, no, 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 you need to model it. You need to think about it. I actually think that's a good it, – it builds a level of discipline uh, into what you're, you're, you're building and lets you leverage some of the, the built-in features in an easier way. Because it takes that model and that natural language training that you create and then auto-generates a bunch of code and then creates this really kind of super cool – 
Uh, I'll call it an explain plan for people who are old database people know what I'm talking about. For, for NLU and program execution, you see this amazing graph of everything that's happening. And that was really good, one, because model-driven uh, frameworks sometimes are real black boxes. But Bixby does a really good job of showing you what that black box is doing and, and through that, that explain plan, and then I can tweak it to, to make it do different things. So it's a, it's a nice balance between uh, make it all model-driven versus code-driven. I still have the control, but I'm still still model-driven. It's definitely different philosophically from other other voice assistants that I've, that I've built and requires a little bit of uh, a, a leap of, of faith and, and understanding. When, once you get it, it, ma- it makes sense. Roger, what's something that... What's an example of something you would do uh, in the model-driven space versus the code-driven space for Alexa? Like, how would you? What are the differences in implementing that? Yeah, so in Alexa, right? I'm going and creating my intent. So I go and ask and create my my utterances and intents and there, and it's all it's all based on the, the kind of the, the NLU part of the the training, right? And then I write all of my code that basically. Uh, after it goes through Amazon's ASR and NLU and then it passes me relevant data. And then all my code uh, to actually handle that and, and the other side, the output, the natural language generation, is, is code that I that I actually write. Um, whereas Bixby, so if you're going into write a Bixby, first you model all your all of your input. Here's my input objects and here's that. And you model all of your output there. And then you model uh, actions. So when I get this input, what happens? And included in there is things like validations and uh, and some some capabilities around personalization that maybe we'll get into on there. And here's my output. And then I write a little bit of glue JavaScript. Really, really, their idea with the JavaScript code or the the Node code is uh, is to call a third party API, get the results back. And then shove that into those objects and let that framework do all its magic. So there's this incredible, fairly complicated kind of markup language there that has a lot of behavior built in that otherwise, certainly with, with Alexa, I would be writing that, that, that behavior in, in just, you know, well, probably Node.js or, or one of the other languages that you can write a, Alexa development in. Like I said, Google's somewhere in the middle because uh, Dialogflow offers some of those capabilities, but but Bixby's on that, that that far end of one of the spectrums. Does this then open up more of the development to non-technical BUI designers? That's a good question. Um, it opens up, so I was thinking about this exact question. It opens up, so if you've done... Uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of people left over this kind of like, I'm an object modeler, but I don't do right code, right? That would have appealed to those people because there's a lot of that, that there. Um, I think some of that modeling is more understandable. Now, right now, the, the challenge is, is that you're still in it. There's a markup language, a Bixby specific markup language for that modeling. And although it's simpler than code, it's still, I'll call it code-like. And there's an expression language with if statements and else and things like that. So you got that coding there. I know they're working on more of a kind of wizard template driven uh, capabilities in the in the in their developments developer studio. And so maybe that will open up. 
I think that once it's written, you could stick that in front of a VUI designer and they would have a better idea of what a Bixby capsule does and underlying logic than you might otherwise because of that kind of that meta level uh, markup language, which is definitely, it's definitely a lot easier to understand than, than understanding Node, Node or Java or Python for sure. I want to dovetail into what Roger's saying, and I believe that Bixby's going to open up opportunity for uh, people that are new to voice but and are familiar with a more web-centric user experience. Um, you know, for example, to you know, Bixby by default and the way it runs on most devices is multimodal, out of the box, and the way you control the display is basically HTML, you know, ed- editing with some div tags. And so I found it much easier to put things on a screen with Bixby than some of the other uh, assistants out there. Um, Roger, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, it's way easier, right? You can definitely see there. There is some kind of, um, I'll call it chatbot roots that you can see in Bixby, but it's much easier to control the display and much more powerful, which points to it being now, right, on, on the phones, right, and, and, and that. But I, I thought that was, that was uh, really, really nice because, you know, um, some of the competition has made that hard, although they're, they're, they're working on, on, on opening some of those things up and giving more, more UI control. And, you know, I'll, I'll just add to that. I think it's, it, it feels like with Bixby, it's not all voice. You can you know, implement other pieces of code to get things done, and it's, it's not like you have to go learn a new tool and become a voice expert to use it. If you're just trying to create something simple or, you know, with questions and answers, and you've already got, uh, you know, an API endpoint set up for that, it's super easy to implement, uh, without having to really design a whole conversation around it. And I think some of the other, um, voice platforms out there and the ones that are, uh, and other ones that are emerging are so heavy on conversation design and that you've got to come and learn this new voice, trade and technology um, to get something implemented. And people that are coming from an old web world, I think we'll, this will be a really good and easier transition for them. Can yeah. I just back up on, sorry, can I just back up on what yeah. you were saying there, Bob, in terms of the multimodal aspect? Because this is what Stefania Massey was asking us as well, was about multimodal design. You mentioned that it's essentially HTML markup. Is that what you use to create the, the visual display to a com- to accompany things is that what it is? Yeah. All right. That's interesting. Yeah, HTML, just that HTML markup um, there, and then it has some of the traditional, I'll call it the chat body things like like cards um, that are pretty familiar if you've ever done, for instance. Uh, well, Google Google uh, offers that too for their chatbot interfaces. So both, which is which is powerful. You can use kind of the easy template card cards and card type uh, uh, um, markup, or you can get more precise and use HTML markup. It's very rich in the multimodal modal side, which is pretty, pretty, which is really nice. <laughs> I'll just say uh, it was a pleasure when it went to go and design a UI. It was, it was, uh, I was like, oh, this is so familiar. Mm-hmm. Both of you touched on this, Roger. You mentioned the sort of the chatbots uh, ancestry, you can say. And Bob, you mentioned that it's more than just voice. 
Do you think this experience is going to struggle at all once it moves to that voice-only environment with the rumored smart speakers and the and the washing machines and the refrigerators? No. No. Simple enough. More devices like washing machines, everything will have a button you push, just like on your on your cell phone, right? Whether it's Siri or you have a Samsung, you, you press the button to talk to Bixby, devices will have that. You know, the little blue light will come on and then you talk to it. I, I agree. I think that the multimodal capabilities are additive mm-hmm. to the base NLU, NLG, um, capabilities that are inherent in the platform. So, you know, as long as you're designing well for, you know, a conversational voice only experience, it'll work fine. And so changing topics a little bit, I want to ask the both of you moving forward, you're both big fans of Bixby. You're both very bullish on the platform. Are you going to start building on Bixby or are you going to focus, still focus on the other platforms and move over to Bixby when you can? Well, I'll I'll take this one if it's okay, uh, Roger. Um, we're really bullish on Bixby because we're voice agnostic. You know, we focus on our customer and solving business problems using voice. And the feedback from some of the enterprise businesses that we've worked with, and you know, just to we some of our customers include Hallmark and CenturyLink, Banner Health, Mercy, Arizona State University, TiVo. Uh, some household names. Um, a lot of these, not picking on the ones I mentioned, but a lot of enterprise businesses we talk to are threatened by Amazon. And a lot of businesses feel that they're in competition with them. And when you compare that to, well, how do you feel about Samsung? Oh, well, that, that's, just, that's just a hardware company. You know? So I believe that businesses, because Bixby was just released, are, are looking to Samsung, and some of our customers have wanted to have conversations with them. Um, I, but I believe overall, from a business standpoint, they have that as an advantage over Amazon um, and even Google because they don't have a comp- competition with their businesses. Can I just add on to that? Because I have a deep uh, background in, in retail and retail tech. Um, you know, and certainly in retail, uh, there's a deep, you know, fear and, and distrust of Amazon. And, and, and you can see that, for instance, uh, eBay and, and Walmart have no Alexa skill, although they have Google Assistant um, uh, actions available. And I don't, you know, that's their own business decision to do that. But, you know, if Amazon is certainly in retail and other businesses is seen as a competitor and, and questions about there. You know, Google's an interesting place. Everybody writes a large check to, to Google, yet there's a little bit of a fear of kind of disintermediation of my customer data that happens with Google. And I, but I totally agree with Bob. Samsung, they create hardware. Their core business is hardware. Their core business is not customer data or trying to, trying to uh, establish an e-commerce presence like Amazon. So they're in a different kind of non-competitive um, uh, area versus versus many, versus the other big voice assistants, and so I can see them being very attractive to businesses to jump on uh, without those those competitive considerations being being in play. And do you think that so every every sort of voice assistant so far tends to kind of like have a 
like a speciality almost, doesn't it? So Google is obviously very good at kind of search. Alexa seems to be more towards kind of like smart home or kind of like engagement and interactive stories and games or whatever. I know they both do the same kind of stuff more or less, but there's there's a bit of a kind of distinction almost in terms of what they're trying to achieve. And then you've got Microsoft, which is more on the kind of enterprise, helping you get stuff done at work and stuff like that. Do you see Bixby having a specific niche or a specific focus, or is it also similar to, to Google Assistant and Alexa in terms of it trying just to be a, a completely wide open general assistant? Um, I, I, I think they're. I, I think it's it's generally wide open assistant that they want to be. You know, your your personal assistant that you interact with day to day, for whatever you need you need to be. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I think you, you listen to what Samsung talks a lot about Bixby. They are definitely interested in, in, in conversational commerce and transactions because a lot of, of the capabilities and what, and their marketing materials talk about that. So that's maybe indicative of where the, the, the company internally wants to build up those capabilities, but there's nothing, the platform is, is open and, and you can build, uh, anything on the platform that, that is within realm of, of voice. And for developers, if they want to get started, either they're brand new to voice or they're coming over from Alexa and Google Assistant, how would you recommend they start with, with Bixby? Go to BixbyDevelopers.com, download the, the developer studio and go try it, right? You know, you're going to, you're going to, you know, the hello world app is a dice roller. It's like the hello world app. And go and, and try that, right? That's what I tried, and I broke it about five thousand times because that's how I learned, uh, <laughs> right? Better than reading the documentation, uh, and then and then learn and and be open to the fact that you're you're not going to jump in. Developers love to jump in and start writing code right away. You got to stop. You got to think of it higher level. You got to model it, and you got to. And frankly, that's enforcing. I mean, we, we all know, as as you know, and I've been a, an architect role many times in my career. That you should you should model and think about things ahead of time and do that and write the code and iterate and do that. Bixby definitely forces you because of the nature of it to do some modeling ahead of time. Um, as painful as that may be for some developers, I think you'll you'll admit that it's good for you. I want to add real quick on that. Uh, if you want to learn more about Bixby, get started, or, you know, just start with these concepts. Uh, if you go to YouTube, search for Samsung Bixby and filter it with the videos that came out in the last month, they put a lot of the content from the Samsung Developer Conference up there with uh, inventors of Siri and Vi- uh, Viv. Uh, Adam Chayer has some great keynotes up there. Um, you can see Roger in some of these YouTube videos, but go check out the latest Samsung Bixby videos on YouTube it is one of the best places to come up to speed quickly. Totally true. There's a, there's actually an Adam Chire um, uh, kind of intro to Bixby that I don't know if we can put in show notes or something like that. That would be that I can I I'll that would be really helpful because it kind of it probably better than I can articulate articulates the philosophical underpinnings of it and, and puts you in the right mindset before you jump in and build something for it. That sounds good. We'll do that. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, 
before we sort of wrap up then there's there's a couple of questions that that have come through from uh from the listeners a couple of other questions uh john campbell who we've had on the podcast fairly recently was talking about and asking what sources do bixby use for location-based search and for music and video and general search i don't know whether you guys know anything about that i don't I don't, you know, that's a really good kind of voice SEO question. And I don't know the answer to that. We'd have to defer to, to Samsung. Mm-hmm. And then what about, we spoke quite a lot about the technical side of things. Will the, the way that Samsung are approaching stuff change the way that designers approach the process of voice design? I think so. Yeah, because it's, it, it feels more natural for developers to do this uh, without having to be a specialized voice developer or conversation designer. The IDE is something that they might be used to if they're, you know, used to some of the Microsoft Visual Studio code uh, or IntelliJ or other IDE type editors with things, everything just built in. Um, yeah, I think, I think it will add a different flavor I don't know if it's going to change the whole landscape, but it's certainly interesting the way that Samsung rolled Bixby out. Yeah, can, I mean, I think, and we talked a little bit earlier about could the UI designers understand Bixby? Um, like I said, I think more than they can, certainly a code-driven code, uh, driven framework there. And I did, it is worth that there is a kind of a, a, a QA capsule uh, in Bixby where you can model some questions and answers and there, which would be definitely attractive to you and I designer. Um, I, I think that the tool is at least initially, and, and hopefully they'll build upon this, offering kind of a tool set that you could share between the actual developer and the VUI designer and get this really collaborative kind of agile way of, of building. It definitely, it definitely starts unlocking some of that potential. And that, that's completely unique from what I've seen. Yeah, that, that really is one of the weaknesses perhaps of building for voice today where everything really has to go through the developer in a lot of ways, uh, the interaction coming in, but also the, the responses going out uh, really need to go through the developers uh, more or less. Uh, but right here, it sounds like Samsung is going to separate that a bit. And like you mentioned, Roger, make that a lot more agile. Mm. That last question, by the way, was from Neha Javalagi of uh, Witlingo. So shout out to Neha. Thank you for that question. Anything else on any, any other questions or sin on on Bixby? Have we covered everything in that? Can I can I add one more thing that we haven't really talked about, mm. and that's the kind of powerful personalization capabilities that they built on Bixby. Um, this is um, so you know the idea. You know, to my mind, where assistants should go is they should be very proactive, right? Right now, voice assistants and are, are you have to ask it and then it gives you an answer. It's kind of a Q&A format, right? It's not very, there's a little bit of personalization. Google has some really interesting capabilities there, although they don't fully expose those, to my mind, certainly the third-party developers um, in, in, in assistant, but proactively understanding what you want to do. Well, Bixby has this whole personalization capabilities around uh, being smarter and, and asking less. And what I mean by that is being contextually aware. So, for instance, if I'm commuting in the morning to work, um, my questions around, you know, when does the train leave are obviously around my, my home station. In the evening, uh, my questions are going to be around, well, it's the station nearest to work. 
Bixby allows a developer to mark things up to say, hey, start learning the preferences here and start learning the preferences based upon my own actions and or all the actions of everyone who uses this capsule. Um, and then it's also context aware around time, uh, time and location. That's really powerful capabilities there that you right now, you, you could do with the other assistants, but you'd have to write a bunch of, you know, use third-party libraries and write a bunch of code and it probably wouldn't be all integrated in. Bixby enables that. I mean, it's just really in that, in that model, modeling these things and marking them and say, start learning this, right? Or put this list of, of options in a particular order, in a personalized order. Um, you know, I wasn't, I, I'll be honest, I haven't been able to fully explore all of that. And that's kind of the, in the darker depths of the documentation about how some of that, all that stuff works. But it struck me as a really, really powerful capabilities um, that can make things really interesting and get us closer to just an assistant I don't got to bark at. <laughs> I just open and it's like, wow, it knew exactly what I was, what I wanted. And it did most of it there. And I just have one simple question or one simple request for it. Let me, let me give you a cool example with Bixby. You can ask a question and if you know, it's going to decipher what you ask and it's going to open up a specific URL. So if I want to say, uh, you know, ask a support question about my oven, about whatever device, it's going to be able to identify that and open up a page instantly. I think that's a pretty cool capability. Well, so it'll take you to the web page with that answer on it rather than just giving you a link that you need to go and find. Yes, exactly. Huh. Wow. Open a URL by just ask a specific URL, but just asking a specific question. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. The, the touches that Samsung has put in there to assist in building these capsules, even I was very impressed, uh, something as simple as, uh, I believe Bixby has the capability for developers to pick a random response uh, without writing extra code. And that's something that every voice developer, the first thing that they do is top of their code, they're going to put a choose random response in there and it's built right into Bixby. So it shows that they're really caring about their developer experience here as well. You know, I think what you're saying, Justin, is getting on to, there's a lot of focus on kind of the, the, the natural language generation side of the, the house in Bixby. Whereas I think, I, I believe, I mean, I think Google and Amazon have, they have amazing NLU engines and that and a lot of capabilities there. But if there's anything, every developer for those platforms writes a bunch of code to, for output, right, and generation and that. Bixby has done some nice little things where you're like, wow, I need your example, right? I want some randomness in there for generation. And there's other little markup things that are done. I really like that. I think if anything in the voice ecosystem, we're, we're, there's a void in the natural language generation part of it, the output side. Um, and we end up writing these crazy Excel spreadsheets with all the possible options and then translate that into it, you, into the format that your your voice assistant needs. Samsung is making some good strides there. I think that that's that's really powerful. Great. Any other questions on your side, Ken? I don't think so. I think we've we've I think we've covered uh, all sorts there. Yeah, nothing else from me. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. This has been really fantastic. If people want to reach out and find you, where can they find you, Roger? Where can people find you? Uh, best to be Twitter. So at 
uh, Roger Kibbe, R-O-G-E-R-K-I-B-B-E, or um, my little my voice consulting firm, which is Voicecraft, and that's Roger at Voicecraft.ai. Love to uh, interact and, and with people and understand more questions and and, and answers. And, and frankly, I'd love to learn. So uh, shoot me your learnings too. Great. And Bob, where can people find you? Uh, just browse over to voicexp.com. We've got a chat bot in the bottom right. It blows up my cell phone directly. So just engage with the chat bot and I'd love to talk to everybody. If we can help your business uh, engage voice, learn about it, please don't hesitate to reach out. Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. That was Roger Kibbe and Bob Stolzberg. So there we go. That was our rundown of, of Samsung Bixby. I think that it's definitely going to be doing something exciting in this space. Um, they, they've kind of seemed to be doing a lot of stuff under the radar. And there was a private beta for a long time. And now that they've opened it up for actual developers, and, and obviously, as we've seen, there's, there's, we've spoke to people who've, who've got under the hood of it. And it does sound sounds different. But it sounds interesting, you know, things around personalization and, and some of the stuff that's already built into Bixby around, you know, Dustin was mentioning there around uh, being able to just click a button and have your responses randomized. It's 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 an interesting way of, of going about it, and I'm interested to see how this all plays out. Don't forget the, the sheer volume of devices that Samsung have make Bixby a serious contender over the next few years for, for um, you know, really starting to take some market share in the voice assistant space. And I'd be interested to hearing from anybody who has a Samsung phone. I think it's only available on the Note 9. I'd be interested in hearing from anybody who has been actually using it from an end-user perspective. We spoke a lot about design and development here, but I'm interested in finding out what the experience is like from an end-user. So do shoot us uh, do shoot us a line on Twitter or something like that if, if you have had experiences of it, because I'd be interested to learn a little bit more. But yeah, thank you, Dustin. Cheers for taking the reins on that one. That was that was epic. That was a really really interesting podcast. And, and thank you, Bob and Roger, for joining us. And as ever, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, see you later.